All right. Smooth Criminal brought to you by Alien Ant Farm on 1025 The Bear, the remake or whatever you want to call it of the Michael Jackson hit, Smooth Criminal. I, I got to say, you know, Michael Jackson is the king of what he did, but, you know, as a, a big rock fan, I, I really like the Alien Ant Farm performance. It's just the music video they did with it was a little hard to follow. Um, they had this kid in a hospital mask, break dancing. Um, I was like, why is he wearing a face mask? But, you know, he had a look and he did the break dancing and it was cool when I was, you know, 12 or whenever this song came out. Anyway, I'm your host, Aaron Rollins for Southeast Third. We are live and ad free on Anchor. Thanks for tuning in. So, thinking about that, you know, how much has music changed over the last. Uh, 30 years. I'm 35, you know. Um, back when I was a kid, it was mostly uh, country music and um, a little hip-hop. Most, mostly, uh, you know, mostly mostly country and some rock and roll. Um, Elvis was, you know, still on the waves. Michael Jackson was on the waves. There was a lot of R&B hits coming and some boy bands coming. Growing up, uh, Backstreet Boys was was dominating then instinct came out and they were even bigger and you had that whole backstreet boys versus instinct thing amongst the fans and then britney spears and christina aguilera you know they're all about showing their body off and they can sing granted you know i think back and try to remember you know when i when i think about those songs and those performers and what they what they did with their careers they had pretty big fan bases, and um, you know, Britney's fans were, were diehard fans, and they proved that as she got older, and her dad put her in some sort of conservatorship, and um, you know, she was like having some mental health issues and all that stuff, and uh, you know, Christina Aguilera, she she had her music, but then she shifted from the pop scene to some other scenes and moved around in her her style and all that. She got on TV, and you know, just. People, their songs really haven't changed. Excuse me. Their songs have changed over time. But there are some people out there, their songs really haven't changed. Um, you got Insane Clown Posse. They've been making songs like every freaking year for 30 plus years they've been making music. They got so many freaking albums, it's incredible. And, you know, they still talk about the same stuff they've been talking about. Now, what's changed for them is that they were all about, you know, apocalyptic end of the world type music where uh when they put out a certain album that means the end of the world's coming and um they had some sort of i don't want to say gods but they had like idols like the jester and different clowns and stuff like that and that was kind of their their theme and everything because they paint their face and stuff and you know they're one of the few groups that even though they had some sort of uh dispute with eminem they actually didn't lose out on that and i think that has to do with their fan base they had such a strong fan base you know the whole juggalo thing that when eminem and and uh, icp were going back and forth um granted they they never really settled it they just kind of let it go and said you know we're getting too old for this um icp never really you know was like well we're not going on tour we're losing money for this that and the other reason and um they, they didn't really, like for guys like Machine Gun Kelly, he had to pursue a whole nother genre of music because of Eminem. 
you know, he was going on stage and touring and people were throwing cans. And I think somebody hit him in the nuts. And he's a he's a tall bastard. So I mean, you gotta <laughs> you gotta really reach for that shit. So when he's on stage, and you know they were booing him and all kinds of nonsense. And he switched it up and he did a different type of song. And everybody was like, "Wow, actually, he's not bad." But you know, this music scene is so volatile and it's just changed so much for everybody. You know, something that my brother and I, and my brother especially, has talked about at length about how you know some things that they say now they can't get away excuse me some things they said then they can't get away with now and yeah, i think that's true and pe- people have to be allowed to grow and to evolve you can't just be rapping about wanting to kill your mom and your mom's a vindictive bitch and your family was broken you know your whole life you can't always be doing that so you gotta you know, because then you just become one note it's like an, an actor that only does one type of role and that was something that um ethan hawk He's been in a whole bunch of stuff, and I know I'm, I'm shifting gears here, but I'm drawing a, a parallel. Ethan Hawke talked about how when he did The Black Phone, he was nervous that he was going to be typecast as a villain from now on. And then he had a he had a realization, like, man, I'm in my 50s. I really don't have a lot of room anymore to play different roles. So, you know, an opportunity like this to, to have a, a hit and be in it and, you know, make some make some really good money off of this, I can't turn that down. Not at this stage of my life. And so he took the role. Um, And he did a really decent job, I thought. Uh, He was also in The Northman. But his his time on screen wasn't that much. Because it was mostly about the main actor, Stellan Skarsgård or some shit. Some Swedish dude. But anyway, that was an underappreciated movie, I think. It did better on streaming than it did in the box office. So it was, you know, a success. It just wasn't the success they thought they were going to get i was i was really big on that movie i thought it was good you know it was it was boring because it you know didn't have a whole lot of action or violence but you know they took this old old story and they gave it a um the ability to be told in modern times and i i thought it was good i thought it was good um i was disappointed with it but that's how those stories normally end you know they stay true to the material and in the end that's that's what I want to see. I want to see stuff that's true to the material. You can come up with something new and, and put a twist on it. I get that. That's a, that's appreciative. You know, they did that with uh, Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. You know, this is an old poem. Um, they made it a movie in like the 60s or the 70s or I can't remember when. It's an old ass movie. And um, you know, I didn't think the movie was good at all, but it was new. It was different. And, you know, the problem was is that it was a low-production, low-budget movie, so it wasn't really all that good. But I liked the, um, I liked the originality of it. it was, they took this, uh, this poem and made an original concept from it. And, you know, I, I thought that was all right. But, you know, that's for the majority, when you stick to the source material, you end up with a good product. Very few times does that turn out to be a problem. Um, case in point, you know, they didn't stick exactly to the source material with Bane in uh dark knight rises or whatever it was um with the third christian bale batman movie they uh, <clears throat> they tried to uh, take do a different take on it tom hardy really did something stupid with his voice and you know spawned all these memes uh yeah and people were just roasting him about that and you know my brother loves to do that voice because it's just awful it's it's just it lives legitimately awful having to listen to him try to to talk like Bane like the lines are aren't bad you know I was born in the darkness you simply adapted to it because he was born in some sort of prison um 
not necessarily, uh, not even an American prison, like a foreign country prison. And it was uh, just a giant hole in the ground, a deep, deep hole in the ground where these prisoners were abandoned. And uh, he escaped from there. And it's like, you know, prison life where it's rough. They get, uh, anyway, you, you got to watch the movie. I'm not going to explain all of that. So they didn't stay true to the source material. It was a good uh, plan, poor execution. Good plan, poor execution. That's something that my friend Daniel would say. Uh, not Daniel from the podcast, a, a military friend of mine. Um, he would say that kind of stuff. And that you know is applicable to many things in life. So anyway, um, you know, moving on to more relevant and uh, personal topics, the fucking weather out here is nuts. And I read an article that this researcher from Baylor University is talking about how it's uh, contributed to climate change. I don't know what's causing all these ridiculous uh, freezes in Texas. Um, I know it's unusual. We don't normally have stuff like this. Have we had it? Sure, yeah. Uh, I remember in Currents. We had enough snow to make a snowman one year, and it was a giant snowman. Me and David Lasseter, it was probably, I don't know, eight, seven, eight feet tall. Um, I mean, the thing was a monster, and it, it lasted. It stayed up for like three whole days. And, um, you know, that, that was a long time ago. That was in the 90s. And, you know, now it is 2019, 2020, 2021. We have these cold winters, and two of those winters, it was like freezing for days. You know, here we are again, 2023. There's another frozen winter where icicles are hanging off my bushes and my car's so frozen I can't get the door open. And um, I'm, I mean, it's just, I thought this was Texas. I thought Texas was one of the mild winters, hot summers types. But now we get both. You know, there's that phrase, uh, in like a lion, out like a lamb. And what that means is, is, you know, you go into the, the year like a lion, it's hot, there's lots of rain in the spring, but then you go out like a lamb where the winter is mild. But now it's just bipolar. You, you never know what you're going to get. And people have been saying that for a few years now. I, I'm just now really starting to see how that is in reality, you know. And I think what happens with some people is they kind of forget, well, you know, the what's happened over their lifetime because... You know, as as you grow older, and you guys all know this, as you get older, you know, you you think about more of the significant things that happened in your life, like my brother pulling a uh, a devious prank on me, or um, my my sister talking to him, talking me into driving the truck home, or all the times I faked being sick to get out of school, or you know, getting hurt on football practice and stuff like that. I don't really remember, you know, what was a, a, a what was the weather like when I was. 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. I don't really remember all of that. I can remember a few, like I said, major events when we built that giant snowman. Um, that didn't happen very often. I remember one time there was like freezing hail uh, as I was leaving school one day, the middle school. So it had to be when I was in fifth or sixth grade and I'm walking out one of the side entrances and like I'm getting pelted with little hail pellets and getting and going home. I think somebody picked me up. I think mom might have come home early from school one day I don't know. So that's, I mean, but that goes to what I was talking about. You know, you can't always remember everything. And then that, that, that happens. You got to get on the website and research, you know, and, gonna, and look some stuff up. And what I'm finding, and this is going to tie into another, here we go, just keep on trucking to the next topic. I'm finding that people aren't fucking reading and taking the time. I mean, even me, even me, that happens. Um, when I'm doing stuff at work or when I'm looking over an email, I'm not, you know, I'm skimming. I'm skimming through it thinking that I'm going to get all the necessary information. That's not how that works. You need to to look things over in depth and, and spend your time on it and not just 
fucking look for the highlights. Um, and that, that can lead to some, some situations, right? <laughs> that happened to me with my boss where he wasn't actually looking at everything that I was writing up. I, I was telling him like, Hey, I feel like I'm getting passed around in a circle. Somebody's telling me to do something that I've already done. Um, and then he looked through the whole chain. He was like, okay, I've looked through it all. I just want you to know we, we don't want to get other people involved. I know that you were getting kind of passed around, but just so you know, we are here for you in this respect. And he explained everything. And I was like, thanks. That's all I wanted. All I wanted was somebody to explain some stuff to me. So I don't sit here for weeks on end waiting for an answer. That's happened to me at this place before. So I'm, I'm going to get in there and stir the pot so that somebody can respond to me. And guess what? That happened. I'm, I'm not sorry that it made things a little embarrassing for you that, you know, one of your employees is jumping up the ladder. I need an answer. If you're not going to give it to me, I'm going to go get it. I'm not going to sit around here and wait anymore. Y'all have done that to me before, and it's taken months in the past. That ain't happening again. So uh, what? Uh, for as far as what I've done is like I've looked over a test question or I've looked over a command prompt in the computer, and I didn't read the whole thing because I thought I felt like I've done this before, so I'm just going to blast on through. But, uh, you know, one, one of those days, your finger's going to slip or you're going to – uh, uh, read something that wasn't there or think that you, you read something that wasn't there and uh, you're, you're going to answer the question wrong or you're going to put in the wrong prompt. And you believe me, I've done it. I've done it. So, you know, it happens. Nobody's perfect. Uh, every, everybody gets it wrong every once in a while. So that's why you got to slow down. You got to slow down and, and, and really take your time with shit. So um, somebody I know had sent me a message over Facebook and this uh, news reporter who was supposed to be like official and stuff, he's on the TV. He's talking about, you know, their channel and all that stuff. It's it's definitely a YouTube channel because he's talking about liking and subscribing and turning alerts on. So I'm like, okay, this obviously isn't a TV news station. This is news from the Internet. I don't really trust all of that. I've, I have a hard enough time trusting the news as it is. So um I I think about, you know, where this is coming from and I listen to it and they're talking about this uh marine order that came th through. It was Mar Admin 550 something and they're talking about um activating certain res marine reserve components to respond to disasters and emergencies. And what they were trying to make it sound like is that uh Trump and some general in the Marines were trying to activate Marine Corps elements to stop this presidential coup. And, you know, I, I listened to it for a little while. I was like, oh, so he's actually quoting the the instruction. So he's got the instruction in front of him. He's got the materials. He's looking at it. This isn't just something ripped from a headline. But then I listened to it a little bit more, and I was like, oh, okay. So the way he's interpreting this is inaccurate. So he's talking about how these orders can change on little to no notice, and people need to be ready to react. A lot of orders are written that way. When my orders were, were made for Afghanistan – um, there's a section in there that says, be advised orders are subject to change at any given moment. Follow your orders as directed and be, uh, be, be aware and alert for any potential changes. That's not verbatim, but you get the idea. And so they tried to spin that into like, they're going to, you know, be ready to call people up on the spot and get Marines out there. And then this pastor gets on and I'm like a pastor. He's a subject matter expert. We're going to listen to him about Marine Corps orders. I don't get the reason for that, but he comes on and he starts talking about it. And I was like, okay, already I see a problem with what he's saying. He's talking about how this order was written and they're like, we're going to get some Marines out there. Um, we're going to pull them up and, and call them to duty and have them activate. I was like, okay, they don't have to do that. 
because in Washington, D.C., a place that I've been to, there is a giant Marine Corps base out there. It's called the Marine Corps Barracks. There are hundreds of Marines on that place. The Commandant of the Marine Corps, the leading officer of the entire Marine Corps, has a house there. So you best believe they've got security details with weapons and body armor out in that area. All they got to do is send a flash warning or a flash order to that area and be like, hey, we need all your Marines um, that you can spare right now. And that's that's how easy that is. They don't have to put out some, you know, uh, mass order to the reserve components, which is what that order is for. It's for reserves. They don't have to do that. They've got plenty of people right across the street. So I, I just I, I saw that and I was like, OK, already I'm seeing problems with this. They're taking like little pieces of this instruction and trying to interpret it as some sort of uh, protection order that the president can use to call up Marines to protect him if people try to remove him from the White House. I was like, no, nah, this is a load of shit. This is a load of shit the way that they're spinning it. And I, I made sure I responded as I said, hey, there's a couple of things that, in my opinion, are wrong with this. He's reading the orders this way. I'm going to say right now, a lot of orders are written like that. I've seen them. I've seen my own. And then this pastor's getting on talking about, you know, calling up Marines. I was like, they don't have to do that. There's a base right there. The Marine Corps barracks. I've been there. I've walked around those those parade areas. Um, the buildings are really nice, by the way, and the staff are really cool. So anyway, moving on. That's just, uh, I mean, more evidence of where this country is heading as far as news and people quoting sources and trying to share information and talk about events. I got in the comments on that video and I was like, bro, people are eating this shit up, man. They're eating it up because they don't want to spend the time to read it or they just want to trust some source has done the reading for them. I'm like, that is the worst thing you can do. You know, people don't trust the media, but then you got videos like this that are um, not necessarily anti-media. They're not necessarily anti-media, but they're they're like some sort of uh, alternative news source. And I don't mean like alt-right or alt-left or whatever. I just mean it's another source to mainstream media. Um, there's some sort of like, you know, low traffic. They don't have a lot of hits or follows on their channel or whatever, but people are, are finding it and sharing it. And they're just blowing it way out of proportion and give it way more credibility than it needs. And I, I'm just like, bro, y'all... Y'all are not getting it. You're not understanding the situation. Most of that is is kind of like a National Guard thing. So the National Guard responds to natural disasters and, and emergencies. That's what this order was was mostly geared towards. If you read it, it talks about how the governor can ask for um, certain reserve components to be activated in their, their area, but the governor has to ask for it. They, they just don't randomly assign it, call it up because there's some shit popping. Now, when the National Guard gets pulled up, that's when you know some shit's going down. Uh, you know, a riot, um, a natural disaster like a flood or a hurricane. The National Guard gets activated. We've seen it in the past. And it's like as soon as some new headline comes out, people forget about all that shit. I'm like, God damn, man, turn the blinders off. Stop spending all your time on Facebook. Stop melting your brain on these, um, you know, other news networks and and just do some of the research yourself. You know, something that that Aaron Lewis, I applaud him for is that he's like, go and find it on your own. You know, I appreciate that message. And and even though I, I don't uh, see eye to eye with a lot of the interpretations he's made, especially if it's like calling Democrats, you know, the the thing that's destroying the country. I'm, I'm not with that. Um 
what's destroying the country is fucking ignorance. Uh, <laughs> you know, he gets he gets on his platform and he's like trying to preach his message. I appreciate that he's telling people to find it out on their own. The problem is, is that people are looking in the wrong places. They they just are. That's the only way I know how to say it. So that's all I got for this episode, man. Y'all don't be worried about where the country's headed, but at least be vigilant. You know, if people start spreading you some bullshit and red flags go up, then you need to investigate yourself. And and don't don't just gobble down the food that they the the spoon. They, don't don't be spoon fed your information, okay? You know, look up some some articles and stuff and 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 cross reference it, right? I know this sounds like a lot of work, and you're just like, oh God, I just want to be told what to believe. Uh, don't do that. Don't do that shit because then you're gonna start believing Trump is God and aliens are real, <laughs> and that all is a crock of shit, a crock oh shit. Okay, don't don't be a sucker. It's sucker free podcast, the Southeast Third Show on on Anchor. Okay, I'm your host, Aaron Rollins. Please remember to take care of yourself, drink water, and I am signing out.